0: hey everyone pastor joe here welcome to another episode of bothell amplified i am so excited about today's guest it is my dear friend the reverend chelsea simon who is serving down in san diego as the associate pastor of san diego united methodist church uh in today's episode you'll get to hear a little bit about our story how we met how we have partnered in ministry and the amazing work that she's doing building community both online and in person and we're going to uh, announce that Bothell is also doing some cool things, too, um, as we look forward to how God is calling us to gather in person in other places. So uh, stick around for that and we'll talk to you soon. Chelsea, I want to thank you so much for joining us on Bottle Amplified. Um, it is one good to see your face here uh, on my computer screen and and just to connect. And we have been friends for what, a couple of years now, right? Four or five?
1: At least five, yeah. It's been a while. Wow. I don't know.
0: We were seminary classmates uh back at Claremont. Uh you tell the story first and I'll see how how you shape our friendship narrative.
1: Well, I always describe us as like instant friends because we were at general conference, um, in Portland for UMC people. You know what that is, but it's like the, the worldwide denomination coming together to kind of make decisions for the church, which is a big deal, especially if you've been following the United Methodist rhythms. Um, it was a contentious time and that's where we met. And so we had a week together of really intense conversations and late nights and really, you know, had to dive right into like, we we kind of jumped over the like, we're kind of friends, acquaintances. It was like, <laughs> No, we're friends, like after that, right? It was yeah. just kind of like Yeah. For real.
0: Yeah. Because our polity class, we were we were all in Portland um, and right. uh, We were going to all the sessions, the legislative sessions, we're going to plenary and then we would all meet up um, and we would talk about the the happenings of the day and where we saw different resolutions going. And um, yeah, and it it just became when you when you basically are with each other uh, every waking moment. Uh, we we developed some solid friendships, and we got to go on to to follow each other's ministries. Getting ordained, I think, in the same year. Yeah. Um, and uh, and just uh, growing, um, continuing to keep each other accountable, and and and, and uh, supporting each other's ministry. Um, tell us where you are right now in terms of your ministry and the work that you're doing.
1: Yeah, so I'm actually located in North County Encinitas, or North County San Diego, which is Encinitas, at a great church called San Diego United Methodist Church. I'm the associate pastor. Um, but I'm also ordained as a deacon, which um, is, is a little bit different than than what, Joe, what you do. You know, you kind of order the church and preach a lot and um, kind of you do sacraments. Deacons are called to be the bridge between the world and the church. And so trying to find ways to connect in the community, um, social justice work, um, as we're going to talk about in a little bit, a podcast to kind of amplify the voice of um, progressive Christianity for people that... are are looking to make a shift or people that have been burned by the church. Um, So just like a lot of fun, exciting things that, um, you know, it's just, this job is such a joy. It really is. You know, I know that it's, it's sometimes it can be difficult, but um, I never wake up going, I got to go to work today. You know, I'm always excited (laughs) to go to work. So, yeah. Well,
0: and one of the things I love about uh, following your ministry is how intentional you are in connecting the great stuff that's happening at San um, with your not just your uh, immediate community their physical locale but also um, as we have been navigating this pandemic the the virtual community right the online community um, and and a couple of things that you've been doing right uh launching a youtube channel where there was uh, where, i don't know if it's a channel but launching launching this you know youtube series where you were connecting people through conversations you were having that eventually got to a podcast can you think back to when you uh you and your team were, were looking at this you know youtube opportunity what 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 was some of the the questions that were guiding you in, in making those decisions.
1: Yeah, and you kind of named it. It's like this new virtual world that we're in um, because mm. of COVID, right? I mean, COVID has really fast forwarded. I think what was probably going to be inevitable with the church and um, moving to some of these online platforms, but I can't think COVID really kind of lit the fire under us to to get there a little bit quicker. Um, because really we were we were working to put together um kind of a church plant and an in-person, mm. progressive, modern worship, uh, experience where people, you know, like a church service, a new church. And we were just, we were, had all this momentum going, we were doing launch events and we had a great launch team and then COVID, right? I'm so sick of saying that, but, and then COVID, <laughs> we're still saying it and then COVID. Um, and we had to pivot. We had to figure out what do we do in this new time where we can't be physically together. And we started doing online church. So really having a church service online. And it just kind of morphed and started having a life of its own where we we moved into more conversations. So people would be like kind of just listening in on two friends, having a theological conversation. Um, mm. And then we started inviting launch team members in and interviewing them about their testimony and their witness and their story. And that was all on YouTube. And we kept getting the feedback, you know, can you guys put it on a podcast? Because that's how people engage now, right? They throw it in when they're going on a walk or in the car or washing dishes mm. or whatever. So um, in January, it was just January 2021, we moved everything to a podcast and kind of started using that platform. And, and I found some success. I think that is where the church is moving to, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that's something that I, I appreciate so much is is how do we not expect people to come to us, but we're meeting people where they are and in the busyness of everyone's lives, Um uh, moving away from I'm going to sit down and watch something versus uh, the in the business uh, on the move. Right. And how do I uh, still get connected to my community, to my pastor, to uh, new stories and people's testimonies? How do I uh, maintain that spirituality in my life while I have kids, while I have errands run, while I'm on my way to work, while I'm whatever that looks like. And so I, I really appreciate how the the outward focus that you all bring to that. What were some of those conversations like Oh, and before I forget, uh, uh, give us a, a, a shout out for your podcast. It's called the Collective Table.
1: The collect- the Collective Table. Yep. Um, and we have we do have a YouTube channel and social media and all that. But Joe, you're kind of naming the exact thing. Why? Like the I have two small children. You have two small children. Like mm-hmm. I can't imagine adding one more thing <laughs> to my plate. Like I mean, That's right. As much as I love church and and everything, I understand the busyness of people's lives. And yet it doesn't take away the need for spiritual conversation and spiritual content and people's desire for that. And so, you know, that was really one of the things we were intentional about when we're thinking, you know, Dana, Dana, my co-partner uh, in this has kids. And, you know, where do you meet people where they're at? You named exactly that. Yeah.
0: And so what have these uh, conversations been like? Um, you know, what are what are some of the stories that you've heard and, and what are some of the testimonies that you've heard from people who listen to uh, the collective table?
1: yeah it's interesting it it is kind of like i said it has morphed dana and i started um where we were following the lectionary so we were walking our way through lent and into easter holy week that whole thing um and it was just she and i that were having conversations about it and we thought that was really interesting but we are also called the collective table and we really wanted to invite new voices in and so season Mm -hmm. one season one is called collections and we have um we're talking about, let's say we're we're talking about Ash Wednesday. Well, then our musician, uh, mystic mercy has a song that's connected to it. And our artist has a piece of art and we had a meditation. So you kind of got like a, a collection of what Ash Wednesday, like all these different ways that you can engage with Ash Wednesday, other resources, other books to read stuff to do with your kids. Um, And that was kind of season one. And then season two, which we did over the summer, was called What God Looks Like. And we just interviewed people from all over the United States that were showing up, doing ministry in really interesting and new ways, uh, all diverse. We wanted to give a a wide range of the different ways that God shows up in the world. And so we interviewed um, a drag queen evangelist, and we interviewed um, the music director at Ebenezer Baptist Church. We interviewed... Mm. um, Tyler Sitt, who is an author and pastor. We interviewed Jennifer Knapp, who is a 90s Christian rock star. Uh, it's kind of all over the map, but, yeah. you know, it's that thing that, like, everyone has something to teach you about God. It's just, it's so true, you know?
0: Yeah, so, yeah. And the diversity of stories, right? And yeah. it's, it's you know, what I've loved about it is these people who are so different from me and my narrative and the, and the story that I have with my faith, and yet- there's that connection and there's that uh, ability, uh, not just ability, the, the willingness for these folks to share their story. And then for us, we're listening to connect to it. Um, it's, it's been really, uh, for me, uh, an awesome conversation starter also for how, you know, we connect. Hey, and, and pointing people to the podcast and saying, do you all remember, especially people of our generation, you know, Jennifer Nav, you know, do you all remember, right. you know.
1: <laughs> right. It's like a it's like a. F- Throwback Thursday type of thing, yeah, yeah, that's right. And then,
0: yeah, and so I think, oh, go ahead.
1: And then there's other people who are just doing this amazing work in the world that I could never do, but so grateful mm. that there is someone out there doing it. Like we interview mm. cool Arthur, Arthur Riley who does black liturgies, who just writes yeah. so beautifully, and it's like I could never write like that, but that gift in my life and to be able to offer that to other people, it just. It reminds me that we all have different gifts and talents to contribute to the world, and they all reflect God's glory and diversity and beauty. Yeah. And when that comes together, it's just—I don't know—it's like the glimpse of heaven, right? And so, yes, yes. Um, i would I think I was—I was sharing with you a, a, in past conversations. You know, for what God looks like, we started with like wanting to have eight guests. And I go to mm-hmm. sleep at night, being like, "Nope, people are missing from from this vision <laughs> of God. This this picture of God." And we kept growing it and growing it. We had ended up having twelve guests, and at some point, my ministry partner was like, "This is it. Like, we got to close it at some point." Right. But I still am like, there are voices missing from that diversity mm-hmm. of of what God mm-hmm. really looks like. Um, that we'll we'll have to visit in other seasons, I guess. But.
0: Yeah, and you have a season coming up, right? Uh, you're, I think, uh, from I remember you are in production or doing the prep work for season three. Tell us what that's going to be like.
1: Yeah, so season three is really exciting, not because of anything we're doing, just because our guests are are unbelievable. I mean, I call them famous. I don't know if people would call them famous, but I call them famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, famous preachers who are just like these rock star preachers. Um, mm. You it. Dr. Reverend Amy Butler, um, mm. Otis Moss III, Shane Claiborne. Mm. I mean, these people are just like they've been doing this work for so long. They have such powerful um, voices in the world, um, public theologians. And uh, so we get, we're going to interview these famous preachers about their favorite sermon. So so in that conversation we kind of have clips from their sermon we link to the entirety of the sermon so people can listen to it but one of the questions we get is who should i be listening to and so this is our opportunity to lift up some of the people we listen to and some of the people we love uh, and say this is a good one like listen to this person Yeah. yeah
0: where do you think that question comes from uh who should i be listening to who do you get that from and where do you think that um what's the what's behind that question
1: that's such a good question um yeah, I, one of the people we, one of the audience uh, groups we're trying to meet is people that are kind of shifting from this conservative theology. So maybe I grew up with this really literal reading of the of the Bible, or maybe I'm in a community that the values aren't quite matching up with where I am. Um, a little bit more conservative, and you're looking to shift to a more progressive theology, uh, more mm. a more expansive way to see God. Um, I think sometimes we people might get a little bit trapped in like. I don't know where to go from here. I don't know who else to listen to. I don't know who else to be a signpost on my journey. And so this is our way of just trying to put up, um, there are other options. There's a diversity of options um, and, and kind of point people to that. So the people that are, are we're interviewing for season three, they all have different preaching styles. I mean, some people are super charismatic. Some people use a manuscript. I mean, it's kind of all, but there are options for progressive uh, preachers and theology that we're trying to point to.
0: Yeah. And with, uh, the growing online communities that we're building, it's, it's, we're no longer confined to, you know, who are the pastors and churches of my immediate, you know, physical vicinity? Uh, and how can we, you know, continue to connect with people, even from different parts? You know, just naming the people you named, you know, East Coast, right? Philly and Chicago and, and, you know, um, you know, how do we, Middle America how do we uh, from wherever be able to tap in and and be fed on a regular basis by these amazing preachers that we didn't necessarily have access to before
1: yeah or even though that are even though that are out there you know in season two especially having a drag queen evangelist come on yes out, I don't I mean I, I, to be honest I think it is the first drag queen evangelist in the United methodist Church um that's right but you know, to know that that's even an option and exactly like you're saying in communities that are are rural or don't have access to to more progressive spaces um, in this virtual world to kind of be able to offer that. I think about like, you know, the closeted um, gay kid in like Kansas who thinks that there's no mm. other option, um, but like has a deep spirituality and that if they're able to have some kind of no, there's other people out there. What a gift that is to that person. Yeah. Um, you know, just all over the, we, the reach can be further now. And I think that that's such a gift that COVID has given us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The reach can be further. That's so good. And, and I think what, what, what I appreciate and what I want to bring back to is um, this idea that you're, I don't want to lose what you said in the beginning, because not only are you building this online uh, following and people to get your weekly or, or, you know, you get your regular, uh, uh, being fed regularly, right? And finding these uh, stories and being able to connect and tap into what God's doing in other people's lives and connecting it back to oneself. But it also started in this building of physical community that you were doing um, almost simultaneously and, and you've been kind of walking that. And so uh, tell us a little bit about what you were doing um, with the the actual uh, in-person gathering that you were doing and and how has COVID impacted that and, and, and kind of where you guys are going from there.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. Um, and a lot of it is still living into it. Um, I think a lot of us mm. are still coming, you know, walking out of the COVID fog, kind of, and like trying to see yeah. what's what's here and and being able to be flexible on that. Um, but Dana and I, who is my ministry partner at the collective, Ta- we talk a lot about what the what a gift it is to be in community and to be able, yeah. you know, we're built for connection, we are built to um, have belong like be belong to something, um, and I think that's such a value of the gathered church of gathered communities um, to wrestle with these things together. And so we've started doing this in a number of different ways. But one way is to have virtual gatherings where we can kind of come together virtually. So no matter where you are, um, read a book together, listen to a podcast, kind of just have these rough or wrestle conversations. Um, these conversations where you're really participating in your faith and asking those hard questions in community. Um, and then also having in-person gathered communities. Um, and we have started doing this through through a format called Dinner Church. And you can, you know, lunch church, breakfast church, whatever you're kind of, you know.
0: <laughs>
1: but sharing a meal together is, yes. is um, you know, there's something so vulnerable about sharing a meal together. You can walk in and out of a church pew and not know someone's name, but you can't sit down at a dinner table and get up and not know someone. That's right. You know. Um, yeah. So we, yeah. Yeah. So we started these dinner churches once a month. Um, we revolve from different people's houses, and this is mainly with our launch team, um, the original launch team. Although we've added a few other people, um, we have dinner together and we catch up on life, and we, um, you know, drink wine and have beer and just have regular conversations, and then. We have a a worship experience. We have um, Talib, who at Mystic Mercy, he comes and plays music for us. We have a conversation based on one of the podcasts that we have already put out there. So there's this content that's already prepared that we kind of dive into a little bit deeper. Um, And then we have a time for a love feast, which is kind of like a communion, sharing of joys and concerns. And it's really um, a beautiful way to kind of come together. It's church light, maybe, or it's church deep, depending Mm -hmm. on how you look at it. but it's it it gives us an opportunity to be together wrestling in in these in these deeper conversations.
0: Yeah, it really embodies that idea of like doing life together, yeah. right? I think, you know, so often this this idea of traditional churches, you go on Sunday morning, uh, you may come once a week to, you know, some meeting or some small group or some, you know, Bible study. But at the end of the day, we live our own lives and we're just, you know, connect, you know, just for a brief second, right, in in the grand scheme of our lives. And what you are inviting your folk into, it seems like, is this idea of, um, can we allow our spirituality and our faith to um, flow into all these other aspects, including this meal. And so how do we allow for that to drive our conversations around who we are, uh, why we do this, um, why faith is relevant and important. And meanwhile, My life sucked this week and I I had a hard week and here's the stuff that's going on. Or hey, I just celebrated this milestone and I want to share it with you all because you're the people that I want to do this with. And it sounds like a really beautiful moment.
1: Yeah. We just had one. I actually hosted our the last one at our house and you know it was, it was we had we ended up having to call dinner short because people just wanted to like keep talking. We're like had to cut people off (laughs) from conversation. And it was just like this beautiful time of like, really what's going on in your life, the conversations people are having, and they only see each other once a month, but they, there's something about the setting being in someone's home, sharing a meal that's like messy. And like I said, vulnerable, it it kind of breaks those barriers down more quickly than, than other atmospheres do. And so, and then you talk about faith and you talk about the the ways in which you really wrestle or push back against scripture or we ended up talking about the future of the church and and the ways people are just honest and there's disagreement, but it's okay and um that that's real you know that's a real yeah viewing so
0: and what I love too is that so you all. Have been doing this for a little while. I mean, Mm -hmm. this whole podcasting thing, this dinner church thing, and and in our friendship and conversations, you know, I've I've had a chance to pick your brain um, and and really hear some of the learnings that you've had because you know I just recently saw on Facebook, I think it was, or somewhere on social media, that you are actually uh, sharing um, the, I don't, I don't know if I want to call it curriculum, but sharing the format that, that has worked for you. And, and, uh, and just saying, uh, honestly, if there are other groups around the country, around the world that want to do something like this, you're willing to share, um, the information and, and the, the, um, the structure and the format of, of course, everyone, you know, contextualizing it to your own context, but what's helpful is, you know, um, not having to make the same mistakes that, you know, you all did and being able to, have That learned experience from you all. And, and, and so, where where did that come from in terms of this desire to say, you know what? Like it's worked for us. What do we do next?
1: You know, it is so funny that you named like the mistakes because there's so much we have learned along <laughs> the way. I mean, it has just been like a I, I fast-tracked year and a half of like learning so much that I never thought I would learn. Um, yeah, but a lot of costly, um, time consuming mistakes we have made. (laughs) So, um, we have sort of gotten into a rhythm where now we have something that we're really proud of. Um, and, and for people that are busy, uh, pastors that are busy, lay people that are busy that want these kind of experiences, we're thinking, why recreate the wheel? Why send people out to like, do the same thing, make the same mistakes. Here's something we've learned. Here's something we've tested. Um, We're offering. We're just going to offer it. Just if you want to use it, if you want to take it and grow it and expand it and um, shift it. But here's a starting place, so you don't have to go back to recreate, recreate the wheel. Spend all the time and money and energy uh, that we kind of, we kind of did that work for you. Uh,
0: Yeah, (laughs) and we're going to be one of those communities, you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we. About the United Methodist Church, we uh, are hoping to launch a uh, launch team like you guys in the same format of a dinner church um, in a, a neighboring town called Duval. And I think, you know, just kind of wrapping uh the stuff we've talked about kind of in this uh, bringing it together, it's, it's, it's those people who uh, are experiencing harmful theology or have uh, been uh, oppressed or marginalized because of identity uh, in the church, mm-hmm. which is, you know, just a terrible experience where the one place that you should be loved and, and affirmed for who you are has ostracized like, whole communities of people. Um, it's that community, right, in a uh, neighboring town that are that were saying, you know what, like, there's got to be something for me. And perhaps it starts with this, you know, this idea of, OK, like you all live in this town together. Let's let's do life. Let's figure out, you know, we can figure out the rituals. We can figure out, you know, how we're going to do all those things later. But can we start with doing life together? And so uh, we're proud to be uh, one of your uh, uh, what do you call it? Branches that you are uh, spreading out um, and, and and sending forth because we're going to be uh, following the collective table season two. Um, and using the conversation that you all have had, and some of the questions that you have offered to uh, have deeper conversation and connection around spirituality and faith, and we're grateful for that.
1: Uh, I'm so excited for you, you all to um, take this and and provide feedback and see how it works for you. But, but Joe, you totally named it. I think there's so many people in the in communities that that think they're the only ones, right? Like they think that they're the only ones that are are making this shift or like starting to question things. And the more communities and conversations like these happen the more permission is given for people to kind of push back or question or um just think for themselves sometimes you know i think that sometimes the church kind of tries to give black and white answers well here's a here's an opportunity to like bring it all down like what are what are the real questions here like how do i really push back against that doesn't sit right with me um because i think what we're looking for is head heart soul alignment and i think there's a shift happening where but people don't know exactly if they're the only ones or to leave their community or because like we said, you do this, you do faith together. And so these communities are really important to say, let's do this hard work together of like asking these these big questions. So we're thrilled you guys are, are taking it on. And, um, you know, I have no doubt that it will be great conversation, um, meaningful, you know, dinners. And I'm so excited to hear about it.
0: Yeah, we're, we're grateful and, uh, we're looking forward to what God does, uh, despite of us sometimes and, 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 and through us. Um, and we're grateful for you and, and your leadership and, and really driving the movement towards uh, reaching people in their places where they are, mm-hmm. uh, both through the online stuff with the YouTube and podcasts and now with this. So uh, we will keep you posted. We'd love to have you back on at some point and maybe uh, do some debrief on, on uh, some of the successes and challenges and how we uh, navigate those things. But in the meantime, uh, we want to, again, give a, a plug for the Collective Table. Um, you can find it on YouTube and on a uh, podcast, uh, uh, Apple podcast, I think is where, you know, on other places, but uh, go ahead and uh, check out collective table. And Chelsea, thanks for giving so much of your time and uh, your creative energy towards uh, building kingdom together.
1: Well, thanks for having me. And I will tell your listeners to look out for um, a familiar voice in season three, as your Reverend Joe Kim will be uh, featured as <laughs> one, of our, uh, one of our wonderful preachers. So keep your ears out for that too. But thank you for having we'll me. That was great.
0: Absolutely. Have a great rest of the time. We'll see you soon. All right, so that was my conversation with Chelsea Simon. I'm so grateful for her time and for her willingness to share all the great things that she is doing. And I want to invite you all to uh, hold Bothel and our team in prayer as we launch this uh, Duval Dinner Church. It's uh, something new we are trying. We are hoping to build towards Easter when we start having a more regular worshiping community. But in the meantime, we are just trying to be authentic, authentic to who God is calling us to be in Duval. And so I'm super excited. Keep us in your prayer and we will um, definitely be uh, bringing updates on how God is at work. Uh, Stick around later on this week as we continue this conversation um, as we approach this new sermon series. So on Monday, we'll be able to release our new sermon series, part one, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a great weekend.